Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I'm Sergio Vestosha, I'm Professor of Medicine in the Leukemia Department at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. Today, I'm going to talk on the topic of how do I manage a patient with mild fibrosis and severe anemia. The treatment approach to mild fibrosis really is divided based on what bothers the patient. First, we would, as it is in on this slide, divide the patients in those that are at a high risk versus low risk for dying. And then we would refer them to a bone transplant if they are high risk. That means usually a life expectancy less than five years. But uh, less than 10% of the patients really do that. So then we say, what's wrong? And we would go by the symptoms first. Are the present symptoms or not? Different uh, types, vomit, explain, night sweating, low-grade fevers, itching, cachexia, fatigue, and others. And, and start the therapy with the JAK inhibitors, more or less. That would be ruxolitinib, fedratinib, or pacritinib. Pacritinib specifically for patients with platelets below 50. And if anemia is present, perhaps use alone or in combination with JAK inhibitors from a list of ESAs, danazole and alidomide, talidomide, or even now lucepatercept, which is approved for a different indication, but useful in mild fibrosis patients. So unfortunately, it's not that simple in everyday practice. Many patients have overlapping features. So what, what do we do when patients have a symptoms and spleen and anemia? Symptoms may be spleen-related or general systemic symptoms. And in that setting, then, we have a little problem because uh, some of the therapies will worsen the anemia. Ruxolitinib and fedratinib are very well known to improve the spleen and symptoms, but worsen the anemia in about half of the patients and thrombocytopenia as well in about up to 20% of the patients. Ruxolitinib being the number one choice in every practice is of particular interest because as you can see here, anemia appears to be the leading cause of ruxolitinib discontinuations. It's affecting the delivery of optimal dose. And that's why we want to see how can we optimize the delivery by alleviating the anemia. And one way is to add another agent. And here I give a, a choice of a loose patercept uh, as presented on this slide from the phase two open-label study. By the way, this uh, therapy, loose patercept, is in a phase three blinded randomized study, but it's already listed as effective in uh, NCC and guidance for anemia and use off-label in some circles. What you have here is the results in elimination of the transfusions or decreasing transfusions by 50%. And what is in a red square in the middle, it's the group that has the most benefits. This is the people who are on ruxolitinib by required transfusions. That's the main problem. And here we go. Right there in that group, we have the best response to luspatercept. And this is where the phase three study is being done. But the major development for us is possible approval of momelotinib next summer. And momelotinib is not only JAK1, JAK2 inhibitor, as it's in cartoon to the left, but also inhibitor of ACVR1. ACVR1 is, as you see, receptor on the surface of hepatocytes and decreases hepcidin, which is regulator of iron metabolism. And that would allow more red blood cells for anemia. And that particular benefit of symptoms and anemia was tested in a momentum study which was a phase three randomized blinded study between the momolotinib and donazole in a second lens setting. Everybody was exposed to ruxolitinib 
Everybody had a hemoglobin less than 10, platelets above 25, and TSS, total symptom score, a quality of life of 10 points and more. Particular focus was on symptoms, but also multiple measurements of anemia. And a summary is given here. First, just to say about the symptoms, waterfalls are easy to understand, massive improvement in a quality of life in a secular setting, about 25% eliminate half of the symptoms. That is also, of course, in control of the spleen. Here we have about a 23% decrease in spleen by at least 35%. And then the most important one is improvement in the anemia judged by transfusion independence. If you look to the bars to the left, you have a blue bars, 13% of patients at the beginning were transfusion independent after six months on momelotinib, 31%, and the gray bars are, are on danazole, not much of a difference. And more to that point, you see to the right, hemoglobin goes up, blue curve is the momelotinib treated patients, it goes up, and that doesn't go that much up with danazole. After 24 weeks, in fact, all the patients on danazole crossed over, and you see how the numbers improve. So very valuable anemia benefit of uh, omelotum, and particularly perhaps suitable for secondary setting. And with that transfusion independence, we are now have evidence that this possibly leads to longer survival. Uh, this is quite exciting. We would like to confirm that by uh, more studies and longer follow-up, because really it makes sense to say that by eliminating transfusion, preventing transfusion, which is bad prognostic factors, people would live longer. Regardless of the transfusion dependence in the patients with low platelets, momelotinib therapy appears to be improving the outcome of patients by anti-inflammatory potential. So a lot more to learn about over a longer period of time from momelotinib studies. Where would then we see the momelotinib use in some patients in the front line, along with pacritinib, ruxolitinib, and feratinib on the left side, but also momelotinib for anemic patients in the second line, where we still have papetanin for patients with low platelets, fidratinin for patients with big spleen but normal bone marrow function. And certainly we also talk about combinations coming up in investigational arena. I thank you so much. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.